0: recording All right, hello everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome back to Chapter Chumps, a reading podcast where some chumps, uh namely ourselves, talk about books. We're your chumps here to talk some chapters Today we are discussing chapters eight and nine of the Fellowship of the Ring. That's Fog on the Barrow Downs and at the sign of the Prancing Pony. Prance Prancing Pony's a pretty big name. You might I bet you guys saw that chapter and you were like, oh shit, we're at the Prancing Pony. Isn't that like 20 minutes into the movie? <laughs> Yes.
1: <laughs> I know very little. About, I remember very little from any of the movies, but I do remember it's like 20 minutes of the Shire in the beginning, and that's about it.
2: Yeah, I saw that name, and I was like, I've never seen that name before in my life. I don't. <laughs>
1: that,
2: oh, oh, that's the end they mentioned at the end of the last chapter.
0: Right, yes. Yeah. And then you were like, oh, my God, wow. <laughs> um, yeah, so we, um, we're continuing our our journey, um, outside the Shire, but it's funny how even like technically across the boundary of it, like how much in, in relative safety they still are in, you know, and like kind of the, the reach and the influence of the Shire, even there, you know, it's like people are like, Oh, Hey, it's the Shire boys. Like, come on in, you know? Yep. Um, it's
1: like a day's travel from the Shire, from the Shire.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And it's taken
1: them a week. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind it's of a f- testament to, like, how off the beaten path they've had to go and, like, how much yeah. land there really is to cover.
2: They're just little guys. Fro- we we got to cut them some slack. They're just little guys.
0: It's true. These they are, are the also they small men. It's a
1: testament to Frodo's ability to navigate.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, that's, that's had... Um, uh, Josh, that's you know, Mr. Underhill to you. Differing returns, like, you know, it's like sometimes works it's out and then sometimes doesn't.
2: That's Mr. Underhill to you.
1: Mm. I didn't use his real name. I just said Frodo.
2: I know. I wasn't really... I'm, his, I was, his real family name. Let me... I know. was just fucking around.
0: Oh, I'm aware. <laughs> yeah, so, um... I, I guess, I like, I was... These two chapters back-to-back were kind of funny because the first one... Um, one the, was really the good. The one downs. was really
2: good, and one was really bad.
0: <laughs> really, which one was which, Connor? You'll find out. I'm. If I had to guess, I would say Connor liked the first chapter because he likes Tom Bombadil. He likes that he's this like goofy weirdo who's just bumbling around. Yeah. And then he was probably bored when they're at the inn, and it's like, oh, little knob is here to take our order. <laughs> like he was probably like, what the fuck, you know. Um, I love not. Who cares about the mysterious stranger talking to Frodo in no, the back? No, no, no. Yeah. That,
2: that's not entirely accurate, but...
0: um, I thought both these chapters... Like, at least stuff happens in both of them, you know? Yeah. I Personally, I felt these chapters had two very different, like,
1: flavors to them. Yes. Um, and one was more attention-grabbing, but they were both, like, good chapters. Mm-hmm. So...
0: No, I, I, I agree. Those those like two flavors is what I was mentioning because I, I, I was gonna say I was gonna say the first the first chapter eight here um, f- is very much like oh whoa this is like you know firmly in book territory like this shit isn't in the movie which is obviously my only like strong frame of reference for this story otherwise as I as I read through it <laughs> and then chapter nine. Um, is like, oh yeah, this is like the movie. There's plenty of things that they add in it, plenty of things that they change, but like broad brushstrokes, I'm like, I know where we are. I know what's going on here. So it was funny to read these two chapters back to back in my case. Um, was I kind of talking over you there, Connor? Did you want to say something? I'm sorry, man.
2: Oh, I mean, I I I do agree with both of you that um, it, it was nice to have kind of um, – you know, chapters that, that are kind of different from one another. You know, they, they don't just kind of pick up where the last left off. Uh, you know, I did like that. And, I mean, do you guys seriously think I would hate a, uh, a chapter I said at the end? You know, that's that's very much my shit. Um, so, I mean, we, we can get into it, but my, my, my uh, frustration really stems from... Really, the the beginning or the first half of this first chapter we read, just it feels just like walking through the woods again, you know. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and, and then the end of it, it get, got it got fun, and exciting with my with my my man Tom. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, it 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 just was like uh, this fucking shit again. Like you're walking in the woods, it's yeah, fog. I- okay, whatever. Like, oh, yeah. you don't know where your friends are. Okay, I mean, you're really fucking surprised now. Like. It, <laughs> yeah <laughs> not the first time, bud the,
1: this <laughs> chapter made me realize like I get why people are so like enamored with Tom Bombadil, but I also completely understand why he was cut from the movie mm. yeah that, like, I that, think this that's, chapter is what made me realize that's why, why
2: one of the biggest mistakes I think Peter Jackson made. I haven't even <laughs> seen the movies really but i I are i I already know that I'm going to be very upset with his um his uh on inclusion. Yeah. <laughs> Exclusion, rather.
0: Yes, it is. <laughs> No, no, uninclusion Exclusion is great. That was that a really great way to do that.
1: <laughs> me failing wish, that's impossible.
2: <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
0: You, you over there quoting The Simpsons there, buddy? Yes, my desktop background
1: is currently a, 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 a landscape of Springfield. So, yes, the <laughs> monorail is not <in> it. <laughs> so, so Simpsons was on my mind while, we, while we've been talking. Yeah. You may see me like squinting at the screen. It's me just looking at details I keep
0: noticing in this thing. Nice. Does Simpsons ever do like uh Lord of the Rings parodies or or gags or whatever? Yeah. You know?
1: Yes. As a matter of fact, one of whenever whenever we come up with the we start like compared to the movies, I think of the scene from I don't even remember what episode, but it's um, it, it's like on a college campus in the '90s, and comic book guy is just like lecturing to a bunch of other comic book nerds. It's like, and that's why Peter. Jackson's uh, and like, and and that's why Lord of the Rings can never be put to film in any satisfying way or something to that effect. Yeah, and, and the joke is like, haha! Look, the Lord of the Rings is like a huge franchise right. now,
0: but it's funny. You could update that to have him be talking about Dune, um, possibly, yeah. For yeah. Sure. And then it's like, here comes our boy E smashing it. You know, <laughs> they said it couldn't be done.
2: They said you couldn't you, make fade bald I <laughs> said you couldn't do it.
0: Yeah. You uh, yep. you
1: looking forward to next year when you bring back Dune dudes for for one episode?
0: Oh hell yeah. Hell yeah. It won't, it won't even be next year. It'll be November oh, okay, this year. Oh, this, you're right. Yeah. Here's a Later teaser.
2: Here's a teaser for all the podheads out there who are uh you know missing Dune dudes. We're coming back, baby, this fall for an exclusive yep. exclusive limited series. <laughs> <laughs>
1: One, a series but, of one
0: episode. Ah, yes. It could
2: be more than one episode. I don't know. Yeah,
1: yeah, it
0: we'll could see. Be. We'll see. Who knows? Anyways, uh, let's talk about Lord of the Rings. Let's get into these chapters uh, here. Um, yes, we do, Josh. <laughs> it's our job. This is our only source of income. I'm not being paid for this. You gotta pay the bills. You're being well, paid? Well, I mean,
2: I, I'm putting check all your, your money, bank account, buddy. I'm putting all the money into a trust fund for us. Okay. My piggy bank.
0: Oh, oh,
2: nice. Okay. But it's it's got all three of her names on it, so it's.
0: I'm sure you're not touching any of that for yourself, cool. right? <laughs> you're not you're not dipping into the old uh, chapter well, jumps, uh coffer there.
2: Well, you know, I can, you know, I as long as I put it back, you know, it's fine. As well, long like, as I put the money back in that I got out, you know.
0: I mean, we don't even know how much which, is in which there. Which I mean, I, I will. We're kind of trust the news. I mean, I to so. assume eventually. Like you put my day job yeah i mean people are donating to the patreon many yes they are many people it is it is true that people are doing it
2: more than one people
0: we could even we could even say applies plural we could even say a few people (laughs) are are subscribed to the patreon a few people are. at least a few
1: Hey, check out our Patreon. We know, like, I mean, a, like a few. And as we know,
0: a few traditionally you know, means three. Uh, so, That's what a few okay. is. So you, you, say, you, get one, is you, you get one, you get a couple for two, and then a few is like, you know, it's like three and then ish. At least, this is you know? at
1: least three. This is getting right. uncomfort- uncomfortably specific now. So, so you know,
0: hey, if pe- you wanna, a if few you people support are nonsense. supporting the Patreon
1: if you want to support our nonsense and support uh, and support other, uh, creative endeavors that we want to in- pursue, uh, check out our Patreon and where you can, uh, join our discord and, uh, have an influence on what books we read after Lord of the Rings. Um,
0: and possibly other things in the future as we get, Yeah, we're just going to keep adding shit and not to mention there's extra content. There's bonus oh, yeah. episodes on there for you to yeah, listen to have- where we talk about the hitchhiker's guide. Yeah series
1: and our and Trilogy. what our lives were like when we were recording that which we decided to drop for this p- book because it was and, nonsense
2: and we have josh's feet pics
1: no that is not true everything has oh, been true up to that point so,
2: sorry well, I, I mean your dissertation on uh on the hobbit
1: yeah did you actually upload that <laughs> no but i will okay it's in
2: Sands, if throw-
0: you ever send them in if you want to
2: No. I mean, that might you know, get some... dip
0: your proverbial toe in the water. There, you know.
2: <laughs> I think that that might uh, send some patrons our our way. I mean, we we already have an in with that audience, you know. <laughs> oh
1: my god! I completely we already do have a that.
2: have a connection there.
0: It's true. Where did they all go? Did we block them? Oh man, I
2: don't know. Uh, you know,
0: I, the thing is, too, I would send in my own feet picks if. You know they weren't covered in gross, gross protuberances. Um,
2: well, that's that's its own genre. You know, so like like Ugh, war, we... war riddled toes. I want to talk about Lord of the Rings now. Some people love that shit. Like, <laughs> yeah. I bet you go on Craigslist, Connor, and you'll find yeah. people like posting ads like begging to suck your your <laughs> like gross. war war. You know. Grown riddled toes as you yes, said Yeah your more yeah. riddled toes Probably yeah. pay you a, um, a pretty penny for that
0: Yeah Hope I would get more than just a nice looking penny But yeah I, I'm sure I could demand that
2: At least a few so anyway, pretty
0: nice pennies At least a few Which we know to mean essentially three
2: At least three At
0: least. At least three No less than three Chapter 8, Fog on the Barrow Downs. Thank you. Um, so, th- uh, Frodo, Pippin, Mary, Sam set out from Tom Bombadil's house. And as they're on their way out, um, you know, they, they leave reluctantly. They, they don't want to leave the safety and the comfort of, uh, of the house but you know they're like okay thank you for everything they leave and then frodo's like oh my god fair lady goldberry and then she's just like there on on top of like a A mountain, a a, a hill right a mountain a a hill a rise airport and uh, yeah right it was it was very funny to me so i wanted to mention that um and and they they set off
1: i think that's like the whole like they're like fairies or fae or something that are just like part of the forest. So when they realize like, Oh, we never think about a good berry. She's like, yeah, but I'm right here. Right. She's part of the
0: magic. I I think you're right about that. It's, I, I do think it's more than just like, Oh yeah, she like was accounting on this and, and yeah, went ahead or something. Um, just impatiently waiting on the hill
1: all morning from the yeah right
0: (laughs) right like yeah it's more than just a a coincidence or whatever um which has been like you know that that was part of what made them seem you know not sinister but like maybe slightly untrustworthy in that previous Mm -hmm. chapter when we talked about them like they they're just like too knowledgeable and too capable to like to trust completely at times um but they mention, you know, they they sleep through the night just fine um, and all that. So, yeah, they, they head out. Um, and then, like Connor was was kind of alluding to or talking about before, as they go through um, the Barrow Downs, the Barrow Lands, the Barrows, mm-hmm. uh, you know, at first things are going well, and, and Tolkien likes to describe that. And then when they get to this place where they take a rest, um, against this rock, um, they, they end up falling asleep, and when they wake back up, um, hours later than they would have intended, the, the area is covered in this thick fog, and so they try to take precautions to not get, like, split up or anything, they travel in a single file line, And as they continue through, Frodo gets to this gate, um, which is really just two massive rocks. And as he passes through it, things get even weirder than before. Suddenly, the pony freaks out and leaves him there. Frodo realizes none of his companions are with him. He's all alone. And so when he turns around to look for them... Um, He ends up encountering a Barrow White, which, like, knocks him out, brings him to its, like, Barrow layer. And then when Frodo wakes up, he finds his friends there again, and he's like, holy shit, this fucking sucks. But Tolkien writes this passage about his courage. Um, You forgot to mention, all his friends are, like,
1: laid out in what seems like some sort of burial ritual or cult ritual or uh-huh. they they look like they're dead effectively they
0: do yeah they look like they're dead they're dressed in white they have all this like gold on them um, yeah it's not a good situation uh, but Frodo Frodo kind of um, gathers his courage and remembers the song that um Tom Bombadil taught him. He sings it. Tom Literally Bombadil, Like the day before. <laughs> right, yes, and he knows it word for word. I mean, Frodo obviously has a great memory for songs because he has a huge catalog, you know, yes. a massive repertoire of just like memorized songs. He's taking a bath and he's like, let me just go through my mental list of like all the bath songs I know. <laughs> um, so, I, th- you know, that checks out for me. And yeah, he sings Tom Bombadil's song, Tom Bombadil shows up, like, immediately. Again, I guess, like, magically. Again, singing. Uh, Yes, singing. (laughs) Tom Bombadil's power is literally singing. I think he just...
1: I think he literally just, like, sings what he's doing into existence. So when someone calls him, he just, like, sings a door into where he needs to go or something.
0: Yeah, he really does have this, uh, like, very bizarre... But like incredibly powerful, uh, like song magic, yeah. And he almost he, he feels like um, an Adventure Time character to me. Like, I haven't seen Adventure Time, so are you kidding me,
1: guys? It didn't appeal to I, the ads and stuff I was saying online, didn't really appeal to me until it was like way too late to get into it. I like, well, as a that's what, what he's versus. like. I
2: okay. have one note on this chapter, only one. Yeah, yeah, and uh, my my note was: Is Tom Bombadil a Time Lord?
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's not the worst theory out there. Well, I mean, I mean, how many Time Lords sing though?
2: So I mean, he. He could be the Time Lord that sings. That could be his thing. You know, like mm. they've all kind of got their thing. Uh um, yeah, the more I'm thinking sure. about it,
1: the more I'm I feel like I've seen that exact theory in like the really, somewhere. <laughs> probably little somewhere
2: somewhere, but <laughs> probably. and, and his, his you know girlfriend what's her name again
0: lady goldberry
2: you know i mean she could also be a time lord a time lord but that's his companion you know maybe from like another planet or something and um <laughs> this thought came to because they were walking with him and like everything that they see, he has like, like a story from a thousand years ago, you know, that, that he like yep. mentions, in, you know, in passing, and doesn't elaborate kind of like, you know, the doctor would like, Oh, one time I was here with Picasso and, and like, you know, we, <laughs> yep. you know, had, had uh, beers or whatever, but uh, yeah. So, so I thought that was, <laughs> he's just a funny character.
0: He is. Yeah, for sure. Um, he, he does have uh, some time Lord energy. Um. But yeah, yeah he, very, uh, very mysterious
1: in that regard. Yeah, he shows up and then he just like sings away the the barrel lights.
0: Yeah, he does. Um, Actually, you know then...
2: what? You know what? Kind of, it could be. It could Can be he... like the the same thing that the sonic screwdriver does, but just with with like uh, you know, verbal sounds. His, you know, his
1: singing is is his sonic screwdriver.
2: Exactly. Yeah, that that's causing the vibrations that that would do what the sonic screwdriver does.
0: Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it could be, but it's also like you know, you just pretty fucking, just pretty fucking dorky, man. You know, yeah, just some real dorky shit.
1: At, when when he first shows up, and he's like, his jacket's blue and his boots are yellow. Um and for some reason it just makes me think of like some sort of cartoonish like Looney Tunes character just like singing that into existence. Like you know the the old Daffy Duck cartoon where he's fighting with the animator?
0: Mm, yeah, know? I do. I yeah, do, yep.
1: like that's what I'm thinking Tom Bombadil's doing when he's singing. He's just like <laughs> he's just like animating himself. It's like, and I'm wearing a blue jacket and yellow boots and now I'm here. <laughs> like yeah. these are the, these are my defining traits that make me Tom Bombadil.
0: I do have a few more things I want to talk about with uh Tom Bombadil in that regard too. Oh, yeah. Like um, I have several
1: notes from this chapter.
0: Okay, well then let's let's just like wrap up the our, our summary here. So he yeah, uh yeah. yeah, so the Barrow Whites defeated. And then they go back out onto the the hilltop with um the rest of the gang. They you know... pulled out for some reason. Uh Yeah, I think they're just describing the sun there. But yes. Yeah. No. He like Tom goes in and like pulls out all the gold and jewels and stuff, and lays it out the the sun
1: to like cleanse it or something, and just like yeah, anyone who comes by can take it. I don't
0: care. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, because it's like part of a, I don't know if spells the right word, but he's also like doing something there too. Mm -hmm. Um. He takes he takes like one jewel to give to, to Goldberry after like he looks
1: at it like he could see its history or something, mm-hmm. and then he, he's like, I'm going to give this to Goldberry. And that's the last year of the gold.
0: Yes. And um, and right. Everyone comes to again. They continue their journey. Um, Tom Bombadil goes with them a little bit longer because he's like, hey, there's this inn called the Prancing Pony. You know, we'll get you back onto the road. You'll make your way to it, and then I'm out of here. So, sure enough, once they make it to the road, Tom Bombadil's like, "I'm leaving." Peace. All the hobbits are like, "Please don't go." Just like when Gandalf was leaving, (laughs) and the Hobbit. Um, At
1: least he he went straight up like the fucking um, animated Gandalf was just like,
0: "Well, I'm sick and tired of you people." uh, Yeah, I've wasted enough time with you guys. (laughs) so tom bombadil leaves for the time being not really still not really sure what this guy's deal is but he does leave and then the hobbits continue on to the prancing pony which takes us to our next chapter sounds like there's definitely more things we want to mention with tom bombadil and since we were talking about it should we should we start there do you want to jump around a bit how do you guys feel
2: do you think that's it for tom
0: sorry i was muted um
1: before we get into the Tom Bobbyleg stuff, I just want to talk about a couple quick notes I had that aren't Tom-related. Sure. Um, when they say goodbye to Goldberry, there's a little break in the in the text, and then they it's like the the scene change or whatever. I think this is the point where we officially leave that map right before Chapter One of the Shire, because that shows the old forest, and I I think like wherever Goldberry is is like the edge of that map. So I think we're officially out of the first map. It just took maybe eight chapters. Um, so took I was a little—I mentioned it uh, last week, but I think this is like this is the border and the map. That—that's what it was in my mind.
0: Yeah, no, I'm—I understand what you're referencing. Um, I was just gonna say I don't—I don't have that map. I only have one giant map. So you don't have the like close-in view of the Shire. No, it's not like. Right after the prologue. Um, so that's where oh, is, is that where it is?
1: Yeah, it's it's literally the page right before on a, an unexpected party.
0: Oh, let me look real quick. Now I want to see. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, you're right. Um, I guess <laughs> I just got so used to having. I loved in the Hobbit that it was a part of the the, the cover the cover because it was just yep. so. I loved flipping to it. I hardly yeah, ever I, reference the maps now because yeah. they're cumbersome.
1: Yeah. I I have to do it because I'm trying to imagine. I thought they were going so far north because I misread one of the maps in the back. And then it's like, and now they're here. It's like, wait a minute. Oh, yeah, I was I was looking at the wrong part of the map. That's why.
0: Yeah, I even, I completely forgot there was this, this sh- it even says it's just a part of the Shire. So, yeah. Um but no, i I have not really referenced that, and it's like now we're out of it, so okay, you, you
1: guys can probably hear if you listen back, you could probably hear me like flipping through the book. Half of that is me just going back to the map. It's like, where are they at this point? What's going on? Where are we on this map? um And because it's in a weird spot, like right before the first chapter, like it's I probably should have just made a dedicated sticky note to it just so I could get to it quickly. It's not on the cover,
0: so it's so hard to get to, yeah, that's um, a great move in the in the hobbit. I like that,
1: yeah. Uh, Let's see. I already mentioned how they were laid out like a burial. Uh, That's Tom Bombadil related. Let's see. Uh, That's another Tom thing. We can talk about that later. That's another Tom thing. Yeah. Okay. That was the really only only thing that was really wasn't related to Tom. So Tom Bombadil.
0: Connor asked, "Do you think this is the last we're going to see of Tom?" I absolutely believe it is,
1: unless Hmm. they come back in the when on their journey back from. The end of the story. Um, they're they're back again, as it were. Um, unless he shows up during that for like a paragraph to like help them out getting past the river where the tree fell down or something. I don't know. Um, that that's the only reason. That's the only way I can see him coming back. Because mm. this whole argument for leaving before actually making it to Bree, if that's what I can remember, that's what it's called. Um, yeah. Making his parents' pony was like, This is the end of my domain. Later, I'm going home. So, yeah. I'd, I Unless they literally go back to his domain for any reason, which I see no reason for them to go back right now, I don't think we're going to see Tom again. Yeah, good point.
2: Maybe for the and back section.
1: That's kind of what I was trying to say, yes.
2: But like the Hobbit, you know there was a there, and then there was that.
0: That I Hobbit mean, Josh. Josh did literally say that, Connor. Yeah, he did say he. He, he said, said there those back words. Again? I said the back he, again, if you will. Oh, yeah. okay,
2: okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Well, you know, um, good job I'm getting there first.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what What about you, Connor? Um, did um, Did you have anything? I'm,
2: yeah, I, I I do. I kind of hope uh, that we don't see him again. I think it, I think it would be a really fun kind of weird little blurb in the story. Mm-hmm. Just to have him around for a few chapters and be just a fucking weirdo, and then never <laughs> never see him again or see anyone like him again. Right. That would be awesome.
0: Yeah, I mean that's. I I agree with Josh. Like from from what it seems like. We won't see him again, um, but it is like a weird parting for them to to just like introduce this uh, super powered, you know, uh, otherworldly goofball, and then he's like, "Oh, <laughs> see you later." Yeah. Like,
1: yeah. What if Tom Bombadil is just Gandalf in disguise this whole time?
2: Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I I I would buy it. I would.
1: That'd be cool. Yeah. Gandalf I mean, just sh- get just shaved his beard and was like, I'm gonna be a fat old man for a day.
2: <laughs> <Different
1: one. laughs>
2: but um I really do it, it it does feel to me like you know, like a like a TV show with like a like a mid season arc, like like just an arc in the middle of the series, you know. Tom uh,
1: Bombadil's the filler episode.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, before we get to the meat of the main season arc.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, it is. It is kind of like that. He's a strange. I mean, he's a strange fellow, and his boots are yellow and shit. You know, it's like. It's true.
1: I I like I said earlier. I see why people love him, and I absolutely see why this part was not in the movie.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure we'll have. will you know, we'll kind of come back to that too. But when we actually um, watch the movie, <laughs> right? But I'm right there with you, Josh. Like. It, we'll see how the rest of the book goes, but his inclusion is strange. It's one that I, I like, you know, I, I love that it's different and a little out there and weird, but like, if for some reason I had to, you know, turn this shit into a movie, I'd probably get rid of him too. Like, yeah,
1: I, I don't know. I, I, I didn't find it super interesting. Like I definitely perked up more during the second chapter when I was reading, but uh it wasn't bad. It's just not what I was really expecting from what I already know of Lord of the Rings.
0: Yeah.
2: Connor, do you no. think that um that people think of the absence of Tom Bombadil like the absence of the dinner scene in Dune? No. they're 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 not as invested or they're happy that that he's not included
0: no no i don't think people are are happy about it even though again i do think that um book readers kind of have a chip on their shoulder and they're like oh you don't know about john bambadoo like you Mm, know i i think they like that they get to kind of like have that weird little fact in their back pocket you know yeah 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 um that's like popular enough but obscure enough where they can be like oh well guess what but um like the the i think a lot of like dune readers would say that the dinner scene is like a really really important part of the book a lot of stuff happens there and you know not only is it not only is it really interesting like i feel like there's a lot of developments in there that are like that deepen a lot of other, like, aspects of the story, you know? Even, like, when when uh, Lito has to leave the dinner table and Paul gets up and goes to his seat. It's like, you know, that's symbolism, baby. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And that's just one small, tiny slice of that. So, so all I mean to say is, like, I think... I think the dinner scene. There's there's a lot of stuff in there that
2: it's more consequential than Tom
0: Bombadil. Right? It, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like getting rid of Tom Bombadil, it's like, oh well, you know, the characters just had a wacky adventure. Um,
2: I killer episode. I will say though, uh, you know, from my point of view, currently that's yet to be seen i i you know for all i know these past few chapters could have been pivotal and in, in tom bombadil's memory will will play a huge role so i'm you know <laughs> the jury is out on that yeah
0: one. absolutely you know i'm 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 more than willing to you know see where this goes but um it, it does seem funny that we we kind of all agree like yeah this is probably just it you know yeah. like yeah. <laughs> and like, now we're on to the next thing
2: like if, if we get you know word from Gandalf maybe that like Tom Bombadil uh, died protecting them <laughs> protecting yeah. them from uh, you know the Black Rider or you Tom know, Bombadil something. had
1: to return to his whole planet
2: even more insidious away. yeah like he, he's passed on to, to the next realm or something is what Gandalf no, would Josh say Josh is
0: just making more Simpsons references <laughs> <laughs> okay
1: but if that I if that, that
2: if that happens if that happens and then in the final you know in the climax when when frodo is is killing the the big bad guy the dark lord uh yeah that's Sauer gonna be the ronald, climax i can't wait sour yeah. ronald <laughs> if he shouts this one's for for tom bombadil like then then i think in retrospect this would <laughs> these chapters would mean a lot i don't know if that's what happens or not yet
1: but it could just imagine Tom Bombadil. Is that they start singing the song when they're facing off with like Sauron or something. Yeah, that'd be great. Just he just like 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 struts out of like a magic doorway. Like you, you know when the in the cartoons where it's like they start off small and they just grow bigger, even though it's like a two dimensional door. Oh,
2: or yeah. or it could be like like a- he does
1: that into the into like the throne room and just like starts <laughs> drop kicking Sauron like while he's
0: singing about it. Yeah, where's that scene?
2: <laughs> or it could be like a uh, last Jedi Luke scene. You know, like climax of the last Jedi with with Luke, at, you know. <laughs> using a ball of power all to... just,
0: just shaking on his <laughs> yeah. island. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: I think that could be, hey, that could you be know, great. You
0: know, you know what's funny? Have you heard um I I don't know if you guys have ever heard this, but I've heard people mention like if if they were going to do another live action lord of the rings which they are actually um, Yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about that that if you were going to include Tom Bombadil uh, I've heard people fancast Jack Black as um, a good choice yeah. that
2: yeah that's I, I i agree with that casting absolutely
1: yep yeah that, you, you think I, yeah i'm I'm going to be disappointed if it's not him yeah i like i don't care about this redo of the lord of the rings but if it's not jack black as tom bombadil i don't know what the point is of including tom bombadil
2: (laughs) i will say the guy the guy that was in my head for tom bombadil was paul f tompkins who's that again you know who paul f tompkins is look i
0: I mean i do i know that name i just can't think of he's got the
2: mustache
0: Uh, and
2: he wears like suits
0: Um, what's again? What's he in? Can you just like tell me what he's in and who he plays? Just just look look at look at his face. You'll recognize him. So you don't know? You don't know something that he's in and who he plays?
2: No, but I know him. He's a comedian.
0: Okay. All right. You fine. Know, I'm gonna have to gonna have know, to safari this on my own, huh? What was the name again?
2: Paul F. Tompkins. I can just imagine him like in a blue suit. Uh, oh yeah. Around.
0: You know what? He's a good choice too.
2: He's just kind yeah, of like I, a. I could,
0: I could see him. Yeah, I could see him.
2: Uh, He's like a dandy kind of guy.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know how much I, I get that there, but yeah, no, that, that'd be cool. Yeah,
2: yeah. I, I you know, I mean, like, um, you know, just kind of like a song and dance man.
0: Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> you imagine him as like a vaudeville performer yeah, exactly. yeah, a little bit a little
2: bit
1: so
0: the
1: oh he does a lot of voice work for some shows i've seen um but uh what's the there's another comedian that i thought of the guy who plays barf in space balls i can't remember his name off the top of my head but he's not around anymore but he would also been a good cast i think
0: oh um, yeah but he's still dressed up like barf he just has a yellow (laughs) hat on (laughs)
1: uh john candy oh yeah yeah that's a good choice too. yeah if if he was still around
0: well you know what's cool is um with the beauty of ai technology they can just create john candy as tom bombadil
1: that doesn't feel
0: you know like a good idea y- you can just resurrect him like a digital ghoul
2: <laughs> how cool would that be or that be dis- or to quite disturbing to save labor costs maybe you just you use an ai um recreation of Paul Tompkins, even though he's still alive <laughs> <laughs> to cut down on the costs of
0: paying him. right the people will be like i you know this cuts into my schedule, I can't be in two places at once. Uh Wait a minute! (laughs)
2: Yeah, yeah. See? It's gonna happen.
0: uh, One of these days it will. Oh, yeah. It really really will. I don't know who's gonna be the one to set it off, but it's gonna happen. Alright, I do have uh, some notes I want to get through for this chapter here. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, (laughs) So, uh, for chapter 8, on my copy, it's page 151. This is um, after... Frodo's been captured by the Barrow White and um, it says there is a seed of courage hidden often deeply it is true in the heart of the fattest and most timid hobbit waiting for some final and desperate danger to make it grow so I mean you know we already know about like Tolkien and like how he feels about fat people
1: I didn't quite see it as that this time around. I, I feel like he's always kind of described hobbits as portly. It's just when he points out that the, this hobbit in particular is fat and named Fatty, that's when it gets. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, that's
0: right! Wait a minute. I was gonna say.
2: Think- it's it's a horse's name that, that set out my <laughs>
0: yeah that, that was my know, this is about Fatty alarm. Lumpkin.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean that that was clearly a. Uh, Dude, I love Fatty
0: Lumpkin. But here's the thing, Fatty
1: Lumpkin's the first character described like, named for being fat, that isn't like Made out to be a uh, completely incompetent
0: or worthless by Tolkien. Yeah, Fatty Lumpkins is sick, dude. Yeah, <laughs> there's even a line that like he's way faster than you would expect for his size. Like he keeps up just yeah. fine. Yeah, he's like this crazy magical fat ass pony. Like
1: exactly.
2: But we don't know. We we don't know yet if if Fatty Bulger is incompetent or not. He I could, keep going he to could still be a good fatty though. We don't know yet what his yeah his outcome is if he True. screws the pooch or not. You know.
0: Josh, are you thinking of the giant white horse that That Bugs Bunny uh, rides? Yeah, like that opera thing with him and Elmer Fudd? I knew that's what you were going to say.
1: Exactly. You know, I'm starting to think that uh, Tom Bombadil is just a fucking Looney Tunes character.
0: Yeah, he he is. (laughs) I think he totally is. Absolutely. Um... And I, I, th- I did actually have a little more I wanted to say about about that. It wasn't just about like, oh, Tolkien and fat people. Like, and you know, talk about <laughs> talking about being a dead, Daddy Lumpkins. Am I right? Um, but the other thing was, in that in that scene where Frodo says he's like gathering his courage, mm-hmm. right? He's like in the darkness, but then it's said that there's like a light. That at first it's like it's emanating from the floor, but then, like, I think he says it also seems like it's coming from him. Um, do you guys pick up on that or have any thoughts about that? Because it, like, I... like it literally seemed to me like Frodo was like producing light from like his own will. There's a lot of shit
2: in this part that, um, I have no idea what any of it meant.
0: Is that because weird... like, you were completely checked out, or are you There's, just.? Well, you're... I
2: mean, there there was a lot going on. I don't know. It was like, I mean, just some of the abstract shit that was happening to uh, Frodo really is just like, whoa, well, it was kind of.
0: What the fuck? Yeah, I hear you. The, so, the line. Do you have it, Josh? Sorry. No, I'm still looking for it. Oh, well, I have it here. It says. As he lay there, thinking and getting a hold on himself, he noticed all at once that the darkness was slowly giving way. A pale greenish light was growing round him. It did not at first show him what kind of a place he was in, for the light seemed to be coming out of himself and from the floor beside him, and had not yet reached the roof or wall." But it's not really, like, mentioned afterwards. It's not, like, explained that he has, like, a magical item. Like, it literally just sounds like there's a light that's coming from him.
1: Okay, there's actually another mention of light later on. And it's when he, t- he grabs one of the short swords that's laying beside him and strikes at this disembodied arm that's just oh, crawling right. towards him. And it yeah. says there was a streak and the light vanished. It's just a dark, weird, a yeah, it, it, it's so all think, part
2: of just, like, a thing that's not really happening. He's, like, ha- he, it's, like, an out-of-body experience or something. Like, it's not, like, I feel like he's gone? not exactly in his right mind here. I, you know, I don't think so it's I've, all.
1: Well, no, because, hmm. like, I I think what happened is this this is some sort of, like, barrel white spell or something like that. Uh, and I think that green light might be related to whether ma- whatever magic they were that's Anna. that's
2: what i mean like he's he's like in a trance or something like somebody is is doing like you know he's being uh pranked
1: <laughs> so that
2: like magic shit is happening
1: yeah but I, I i'm saying like i think this is actually happening i don't think it's a
2: no but it's I, but I it's, it's like a... fake shit happening to him like it's magic you, you know like
1: i don't think it's a dream state is what I'm trying yeah, to say. I yeah, yeah, well, like actual... yeah, but it's
2: like, uh, it's like not the real world. <laughs> you know, like, like, like magic is happening from, uh, you, you know what I mean? It's like, it's like, it's like not normal It's like not normal forest shit. Like, it's, it's like a, like a, like a spirit. You like you know.
1: Well, they're they're in a barrow. They're they're in like some sort of tomb, and I think this undead barrel white thing is just like trying to suck the life out of them or something. And Frodo's just a little more resistant to it, probably because of the ring and woke up, saw the light from the magic sucking their, their life away or something like that. And then there's this weird hand that's crawling towards him. And he's like, uh, no fucking die spider hand. And hits it with a, with a sword.
2: Yeah. And that's no, how I, I mean, interpreted
1: that, that passage.
2: I, I, I think we're in agreement. It's, it, I mean, are we? Yeah. Cause all that I was trying to to figure out was like, you know, like it's not like typical um, journey. It's it's like a new thing, you know. Like you know, it's not like a, just like a typical uh, run of the mill attack from like a wolf in you know the forest. Like it's it's like people are.
1: So it is real
2: yes well yeah sure sure but but none of it but what i mean is like none of this is real in the book you know what i mean like it's like a i was just trying to say that it was like a magical thing
0: i'm
1: just saying it's actually happening
0: i think connor is like trying to explain that like this is i think when he's saying like real or not real like this is like in the book like uh, what's that like supernatural, yes, in a way? Yes, like, yes, it's yes. like, okay, that's, that's exactly, you know? yeah. yes, like it exactly is, it is was... truly happening, yes. but like it's like completely different from like the laws of like nature and and and, and earth and shit. Okay. like it's, yes. it can be whatever the fuck. It's like, what the fuck is exactly, is it, right?
1: Yeah, that's exactly yeah. okay. what I was looking for. Connor yeah. English again, and it got me completely off track. Got it. Uh, it's
0: okay. I, I still feel like I do have a a different interpretation though because I just yeah, even sir. though you're right I found the line that you saw that you found Josh where he he cuts the hand and the light disappears yeah. um but like for me I just don't like I'm not linking the light with the barrow white even though they like I don't think it's that like he he cuts the hand and then it's like oh it's the it's the hand that was producing the light because if that were so then then that would have been the source of the light and yet the the light is said to come from around and and potentially right. within frodo
1: i don't think the hand was creating the light i think the hand was connected to what was creating like i think the the light was like the magic like around them like that was like like siphoning their their energy and then when he hit the hand that hurt the barrow-white that was like generating the magic that he was seeing and the magic the, li- the magic light goes out when the barrel weight is like recoiling in pain
0: that's that's fair i kind of like that idea because i was thinking like well what's the deal with the light and frodo but if there is like some sort, like it's almost like a um like a maybe like an unintentional reaction where like i do i the 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 feeling that i got is like it literally is frodo's courage
1: hmm.
0: that creates the light and yet it's like you know why wouldn't that happen otherwise or or elsewhere? Yeah, I guess maybe I think, there haven't been maybe. as many opportunities, but um, I, that's probably
1: why I'm I'm discounting that so much in my head. Because uh, I mean, if it keeps happening, then absolutely. But it, this is the first time we're seeing or hearing anything about a green light.
0: Yes. You know what else? Well, I'll keep me my of, eye on it. Yeah. So. You know
1: what else? It reminds me of is the Night Sisters from Star Wars. They use like evil green magic. Yeah. So that's kind of what I'm thinking at the same time yeah I hear you um, so, also this kind of same section uh, we get like the, the whole section where Frodo wakes up and he sees everyone like dressed in white with all the treasure then there's the scene break suddenly a song began of course a song began we're reading a Tolkien book
0: yes yeah the the songs have ramped up in frequency oh, yeah. we are back to Hobbit levels of singing oh my god we're right back there, boys.
2: I was bummed that they didn't, um, you know, read out the the uh, songs that he was singing in in a different language <laughs> at, the end, at the end there. I was bummed we didn't get to see all the songs.
0: Yeah. So,
1: you know, this whole section reminded me of, this is one of my other notes, this whole, like, encounter with the Barrow Whites and the, the Fog reminded me of the Lost Woods. Mm-hmm. A- yeah, and, I just like, see that. In, in Zelda and just like, or like any of the spirit or like shadow temples where you need like the mirror shield to get through to like clear the fog with the light beam, uh, the light beam being Tom Bombadil in this instance. Yeah. But the, I, it was very much like towards the end of it. I was just like, you know, when you're in breath of the Wild, when you're going through the lost woods, it's like that, that creepy music that's playing. That's was literally just on a loop in my head.
0: <laughs> so, yeah. 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 I can, I can see that uh, completely um Zelda definitely pulls from that like
1: uh high fantasy
0: yeah the high fantasy and then and even more specifically I think like um you know there's the that idea of like kind of like um dark mystery lurking in the forest you know especially at night <laughs> the fact that like the forest can be like hospitable in the daytime but like it it changes like there's a different there's a different aura about it at night um you know, yeah. it it feels like it's kind of in line with that too. Um, I want to talk about the barrow a little bit, okay. And then I think we'll kind of wrap up with maybe any other things we want to say about Tom Bombadil because I have a few more things to mention there too. Um, sure. But um, what I what I was kind of struck by here uh, towards the end of the chapter. I know our page numbers are different, but on my copy, it's page 157. Um, after the the hobbits are woken up, Mary um, freaks out. He's like, oh, you know, um, what does he say? He says, um, the men of Karn Dumb came on us at night, and we were worsted. Ah, the spear yep. in my heart. He clutched his breast. And then, yep. you know, just a couple pages later,
1: That's page page 159 for me, by the way.
0: Yeah, that was actually 154, and now I'm going to 157. This is when Tom Bombadil talks about the the treasure that they took from the Barrow White. Um, He says... Um, then he told them that these blades were forged many long years ago by men of the Westernese. They were foes of the Dark Lord, but they were overcome by the evil king of karn in the land of Angmar. Um...
1: Is it, is it dumb? I, with the accent there, I was thinking it was karn Doom.
0: Carn Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think that it's more Karn-Dum. of a full Doom. U sound. Yeah, I guess you're probably right. It's probably why that's there, so it doesn't sound like dumb. Um... few now remember them tom murmured yet still some go wandering sons of forgotten kings walking in loneliness guarding from evil things folk that are heedless so that
1: caught my attention too because it reminded me of a character i know is coming at some point later in the story and i wrote their name down with a question mark
2: all right let's hear it
0: are you sure you want me to say the character's name no
2: no i'm just joking i'm just joking
0: okay (laughs) That's funny because it didn't make me think of any character that we haven't met yet. It um, starts with an A. Okay. Um, well, really what this made me think of was it, it felt like kind of an explanation for the Barrow Whites themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like why are there like, you know, fucking zombies walking around? And um, you know, these are the the people who were Defeated by this evil king and, you know, their, their, you know, fucking corpses still wander the earth (laughs) from their, like, horrible demise and protecting their treasures and shit. They walk the middle Um, of Yeah. So I... I don't really have to, there there, I, there are a couple things in here that I'm like, oh yeah, this does make me think of something that I know about from the movies, but, um, not something I'm gonna talk about, uh, but, um, okay. but overall, like, it felt more like an explanation for like, you know, hey, there's like undead people, like, wa- like this is really happening, you know, um, and we, we kind of get, you know, obviously it's a, a fantasy explanation, but like, you know, their, their deaths are like tied to this land and they're like defeat from so long ago, like guarding their treasure and stuff. Yeah. Um, and
1: going back to the map thing. Yes. Uh, real quick. When it was it Mary who, who cries out, like the, the men of, of uh, Karn Doom got like descended on me. That's why I I thought they were like so far off to the north because I was looking at the map. It's like, oh, Doom's, like up there, so they must be like in their lands. No, no, it's like they're uh, they're in the South Downs, like just or like no, the Barrow Downs, which are west of the South Downs, uh, which is southwest of Brie. Right. So it was very much. he, He does
0: mention that he's dreaming, but yeah.
1: Yeah, no, but it was just, like, that little mistake by uh, uh, Mary just had me, like, because I saw the North Downs on the map, and I'm just an idiot when I'm hearing North, South, East, and West, and, like, the same different names everywhere, mm-hmm. and so I'm just, like, oh, so they they went this way after they left the old forest, and I was just following along, it's like, man, they covered a lot of ground in, like, the last half chapter compared to the other eight that we've read, and then it's like, like yeah, oh no, they would have teleported. Right, and then they, they're like, oh no, they're coming up on Brie, and they just got to this this road that's moving from the southwest to the northeast. I'm like, wait a minute, I'm looking at Karn Doom here. Where the hell's, oh, there's Bree. Oh, that's where they are. So it's very much just like, oh, I'm in the completely wrong spot. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it it is kind of funny to see, like, their, um, their souls are, like, tied to that and how it affects the hobbits, you know, Josh, you even mentioned that um oh, maybe the Barrow white is like draining their energy, it's trying to like revitalize itself, it's like maybe, um or just I don't know, itself. yeah, it's but I, I guess I just I found like the all the ideas of that like kind of vaguely explained and tied together interesting with the Barrow Whites, even like the stones themselves, you know, like later when um when Frodo and and the gang are, like, heading back to the road, Frodo's like, those two massive stones that I passed through in the fog are not there anymore, you know? And, um, the initial stone that they rested at, even though it was high noon with the sun beating down on it, they said it felt cold, you know? It's like, there's all these, like, markers of, like, the undead and the otherworldly, like, littered about this area that make it, um you know, so dangerous to pass if you if you don't get through it quickly that um mm-hmm. I, I you know I, I do agree, like I think the initial part of this chapter, it does kind of drag its feet. It is kind of boring. But um I do feel like Tolkien is kinda like laying seeds, you know, for him to to come back to and be like, Oh, did you think it was weird that the stone was cold? It's like, not really. <laughs> but then it's like, oh well it's because of this. You know? Yeah. And no- I do Funny feel thing, like it made it more interesting to me.
1: Funny thing, I actually did think it was a little odd that the that the stone was cold. I, yeah. I felt like that was a significant uh fact, but I, I think it, it kind of got resolved in this chapter where I think it was meant to indicate that this was some supernatural marker of some sort.
0: Yeah, yeah, that no, I mean that's exactly
1: happened.
0: That's exactly it, right? It's not something that's going to come back. It's all tied to this one chapter, but I um, I don't know. I guess I liked this area, um, certainly more than when they were going through the old forest, like Connor was saying, and and then that ends where it's like, oh, you know, then Tom Bombadil shows up and saves him from the tree, like, yep. that felt very forgettable otherwise, but I, I did feel like there was, like, uh, maybe a bit more of, like, an interesting tension that was that was running through this chapter, even though it's yeah. resolved really quickly, you know, Tom Bombadil just sings a fucking song, it's like, thanks, buddy, but... <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I totally agree with
2: that. Um, um guys, you want to do a hard five before uh, moving on to chapter two? Okay.
0: Uh, okay. I I mean, yeah, I, I, I do else. have a I do have a couple more things to talk about there, buddy. Oh, I do just have a couple oh, more. things.
2: okay. Do you well, have? Well, let's let's take a pause before you, got, you you've got the other. You, you uh, really you to gotta say. take this
0: five right now. You can't you can't. I got a You boy. can't wait five more. You can't wait five more and then take five. All right,
2: we're going on a hard five. Three, two, one, go
0: all right so there's just a couple things I wanted to talk about before um, we go on to the next part we were just talking about the the Barrow White and um, oh right the dream that Mary has and so Josh mentioned this before too but when when Tom's looking at the treasure he takes this brooch it says um Let's see. This was also on page 157. It's right after he's
1: talking about the kings and
0: Carn Doom. Yeah, yeah. Um, really what I wanted to mention, there's this line here that shows that... Um, oh, here we go. Sorry, here we go. He says, it says he chose for himself from the pile a brooch set with blue stones, many shaded like flax flowers or the wings of blue butterflies. He looked long at it, as if stirred by some memory, shaking his head and saying at last, here is a pretty toy for Tom and for his lady. Fair was she, who long ago wore this on her shoulder. So, I just felt like considering Tom's age which we know to be, like, eternal or incredibly <laughs> long. Um, it just, he he seems to know so much about so many things, but like Josh was saying, particularly about the land surrounding where he lives, he knows about the history of this place, he knows about the deal with the Barrowites, and so I guess I just felt like similarly, I don't think he's, like, I think he personally knows whoever wore that. That's that's mm-hmm. what I'm trying to say. I think he was, like, well alive during this time. Yep. And, like, when he's looking at that brooch, he, like, it's it's not, like, just familiar to him. Like, I it, I get the impression that he specifically knows the exact piece of jewelry that this is and had a personal connection with the person who wore it who's, like, definitely dead.
2: Absolutely. that That's what I thought, too. And that's, you hmm. know, I felt that that was, like, a very doctor... Moment, you know, like.
1: See, I had the opposite thought. Actually, I thought that uh, he was like sensing the the history of the part, or the 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 piece of jewelry that he picked up, um, and that, like that, like I I assumed was some sort of magic that he was going through. It's just like I, like I now know the history of this part. No, I think it was too. We will remember and honor the.
2: I think the person it who used percent.
1: to wear it. No, and what you say makes absolute sense. I'm just saying when I was reading it, I didn't come to that conclusion.
0: Right. <clears throat> yeah, and I mean it doesn't for either of those interpretations, like there's not any one like clear thing that says, like, oh, this is definitely it. You know, Tolkien leaves it pretty open ended. But um But yeah, that's that's how I I um Felt about this scene, and I wanted to throw that out there because, um, it's like one of those, like, yeah, do, I don't know, do we get more about Tom Bombadil? Is this is any of this going to be fleshed out? Like, almost definitely not. There's really no reason to think that any of this will ever be expanded on, which I think makes it even a little more curious that it's there in the first place. Like, um, but it, it just does feel like Tom has something to do with it, or like he knows you know something something I think personal about it in his own history so um, so yeah there's that Um, and what else did I have here that's almost it Um, I guess I just I think uh, I just want to talk a little bit more about what Josh said at, at the beginning of our discussion when we were talking about, oh, do we think Tom Bombadil will still be in the story? Josh says no because because we reach the end of his domain, like he says. Yeah, and
1: Tom, um, are you looking at the last bit of that he sings at the end of the chapter?
0: Well, what's he say, Josh?
1: Tom's country ends here. He will not pass these bo- pass the borders. Tom has his house to mind, and Goldberry is waiting.
0: Right. Yeah, and um, I felt like this along with. Um, he has this line about his knowledge failing beyond his country. Yep. Like, I think they ask him something and he's like, N-, you know, oh, he he has like this like snarky line. He's like, uh, Tom Bombadil is not the the master of knowledge of black riders or, you know, something like that. Yep. Um. And so, yeah, I guess it, it seems to suggest like he, he I don't even think he could leave if, even if he wanted to, you know, there's, like, this feeling that all of his, like, immense power and his knowledge is, like, tied to this area. Like, he, like he's, like, super all-powerful and, and you know, I don't know about all-knowing, but, like, you know, obviously this guy is, like, very competent and amazing, but it kind of feels like he has his limits. Like, maybe literal limits and boundaries that he just, like, is not capable of crossing for some reason or another. Um... So I, I felt that way too, Josh. I wanted to throw that out there because that line, I think, kind of encourages you to think of that. And that that's pretty much it. You know, they. I just thought it was kind of funny that they emerge back onto the road that they had left in the old forest chapter to leave the Black Riders. And it kind of sets us back up to think like, okay, after all that, after the Barrow Whites, after going through the old forest, like... They're kind of returning to the the problem that they were trying to avoid. It's like, okay, you know, you got through the fucking zombies and shit, but, you know, now you're back on, like, the land is safer, but, you know, you're, you kind of have a target on your back now that you're on the road again. And I like that it kind of, like, reincorporates that idea of, like, you know, the Black Riders are definitely still hunting, um, so you need to be wary of that. Those are my final thoughts on this chapter, so I'm not sure if anyone would like to like jump in or add anything else tom bombadil wise or or otherwise before we we go on to our next one.
1: No, I think you covered it pretty well honestly
2: yeah i i um i feel like if if he does come back you know uh he his appearance will will be more like you know like a force ghost or something helping out like I don't think he'll physically be where they are at but um, yeah uh, you know we'll see
0: that would be funny I don't know why this just hit me but I, I gotta throw this out there and then we'll go on to chapter 9 but um, it's just funny thinking of like how um, how seemingly like powerful Tom Bombadil is but his name's just tom you know yeah and uh it, it makes me think of uh that one scene in the holy grail yep. where they meet tim the enchanter and he goes there are those who call me tim Jim. yeah, yeah.
1: That, classic, i figure yeah. that every now and then too
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. man that movie's just great it is have you ever seen that movie, Connor? Have you ever seen? Because I, I feel like I went through this period where I just watched the shit out of it. Like, did you ever watch that with us?
2: Do you seriously think that I, I could have gone without watching that?
0: I I mean, like, are you saying because, 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 yeah, because of, of you? Like, because of me? Yeah, that, that is what I'm saying. <laughs> I really, uh, that's the, but the thing is, is like, I don't have like a specific, I've watched that movie so many times. Like, I don't have a specific memory of like, oh, you gotta watch this, dude. Like, so I just wasn't sure. uh, Yeah,
2: no, I mean, I, I, you, I think we've watched it multiple times, and I, I've, I've seen it since then. Um, but it's always a movie, like, it just doesn't stick with me as much as other people. And like, you know, you know, when people quote it, I'm just like, yeah, you know. (laughs) <laughs> that's a movie. Yeah, it, it's no, it's it's just like a weird it. thing that just it doesn't doesn't hit me like other people.
0: I I get it, I get it. I mean, I know. You know, it's one of those things. It's like if it clicks with you, then it's like you know foundational, and then if it doesn't, you're just like, okay, that's um. I guess it's cool that you like that. Yeah,
2: you know? I did have have a uh, um a period of being really into um just Monty Python.
0: Yeah, the like flying circus and shit.
2: Yeah, i i I have um, I've got like the the series box set. Wow. That I have I have somewhere on or I had somewhere on DVD. I, I was very very into it for for a period of time, but I, I it, it's I, just a I weird. I feel that
0: that that must have been when you were going through and you were like watching um like Red Dwarf and uh, yeah yep. and that that fucking show where Peter Capaldi like works for the government or yeah, whatever. Yeah, the thick of it. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. You know, like you were going through like that whole period of like watching like all these like, uh, yeah, you know, really well respected, uh, British comedies, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. That I think that was, that was right around that time. And, um, yeah, I mean, I was really into, uh, you know, like late night television in that time period. Oh, and, like, yeah. Well, all the late night TV guys are like, that was, were, like, a, that was a
0: classic Connor era. Oh, my God. Like, <laughs> wow talking about like memories and shit like do i yeah. remember you being really into late night hosts like yep. <laughs> that was a that was a big i loved that for yeah. you for some reason i you know that was like uh yeah i
2: mean it you know
0: that was like a fun time that was a, it you, was yeah. a fun
2: time for me to stay up all night and be exhausted all day in uh yeah junior <laughs> year of high school but um but what what you know what I think is is the truth is like I would still be a late night guy if like the, you know if it was as good as a that I think that was the peak of late night TV. Yeah. I, I mean I really don't but in, in my lifetime, you know. Um
0: yeah. Yeah. I I, I get that. I get that. Uh, so step it up guys. It was, maybe maybe there's going to be a, a a come around, you know. I yeah. I hear that um you know James Corden's thing is all, you know, falling yeah. apart, so Hell yeah! Maybe that maybe that leaves room for someone new to step yeah. in and revitalize and shit.
2: Hopefully, step it he's up. He's not
0: really like a late night host, really though. Who? Is James Corden? Oh is yeah, he?
2: definitely. Yeah. He, he
0: is. He is in the, like, the is. late night crew. I yeah. wasn't really sure if.
2: Uh, no, he he's like part of the big four. That that's you know that's like
0: um, right. Kimmel, Conan.
2: Yeah, well, Conan's out of the game now
0: he is too
2: yeah yeah he's he's starting a new um thing on hbo it's gonna be like a you know he he was famous for his like travel bits where he do b- bits in other countries or go travel so so i think he's gonna do do like a, a full series uh-huh. of that
0: he's not like done done right like he hasn't like actually stopped his late night show though yet right like that hasn't yeah actually he happened. Has. Yeah, yeah yeah it has at least, that's happened
2: we yeah, for like six months at least
0: oh gee dude yeah I, wow i don't even know
2: but anyways, let's get some fresh kind clothing. of
0: Yeah, and it just kind of it's, it feels kind of a fucking stupid that like just through the osmosis of the internet, like I know that that James Corden's leaving cuz of carpool karaoke and shit, but yeah, yeah. but what? I, I I didn't get any of the news on uh, Conan, you know what to do with that.
2: Yeah, I mean cuz James Corden is in the public eye. Cause, yeah, cuz of his Doctor Who
0: appearance. Yes, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, that's the under- That's it. Yeah. He was good in that, too. Yeah, I, If you that's are, all he did, I would probably be, a, a he, I would be the number one, is it James Corden or it's Gordon, Corden, it's right? It's, it's
2: Corden. I Corden. think so, right? Yes. Yeah. See, yeah, yeah.
0: This was like, kind of like the whole pork rinds, pork grinds situation, yeah. where it was like, <laughs> you know, I think everyone like does know that, does know the difference, but like, you know, I need a little clarification here and there, you know, it's okay, it's, so. it's okay. It is it is pork rinds, by the way. It is pork way, right? rinds. rinds. Yes, you're right. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. for yes. for any of our fellow listeners who was like, wait a minute, I thought it was pork grinds my whole life. Uh, you were not alone. You know that's that's all I'll say, You know, I, I think it's a common I think, mistake to make. Yeah.
2: That's an important uh, showing of solidarity there because mm. you know these these people they they they're in the closet, if you will. They don't want to come out. You know. Yeah. Um but little do they know there's people just like them.
0: Exactly. You know, I, I feel like it's my duty to to use my platform to talk about that. Yeah, you know, it's like absolutely. I'm 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 in a, a highly visible, you know, position. Um what kind of person would I be if I if I didn't use my platform to spread awareness yep, you, of things you, like that. So
2: you live by your morals.
0: And I'll die by them too. <laughs> Chapter nine at the sign of the Prancing Pony. Um, I only have two notes for this chapter. And only really? one of them is really a note. I actually don't have as much to say written down. We'll see where that takes us. but um, One, two, three, four, five, at least six notes. <clears throat> Alright, well, let's see how we do here. Okay. Um, so, Frodo, Sam mary and pippin make it to the the village of brie well they're in the land of brie and then they get to i don't know the town the town yes um and they they go through there's a guard there who hassles them a bit but it's like okay whatever let them through Um, they, they kind of look around. They're in a town, you know, that is, is kind of novel for being, uh, a mixture of big folk and little folk. Um, you know, men and hobbits live side by side here, and apparently it's like the only established place in Middle-earth where, um, that happens, so it does have a, a kind of an interesting claim to fame. And I thought it was cool to see the way that that affects like the kind of the, the mundane sort of day-to-day life kind of shit. You know, they get to the prancing pony and, um, the, uh, uh Butterbur, the owner, and then knob his like assistant guy are kind of working together. And
1: I would like to point out in the UK knob is another word for Dick.
0: Uh, that's true that's true so I guess when maybe not a term of endearment you're right uh, so if he calls for a knob i started giggling yeah um yeah that that could very well be on the minds of uk readers Tolkien yes. knew. i didn't think about that but that is funny um, Tolkien knew. yeah and it, it's not to say that it's like all like equal necessarily either like i kind of felt like um oh so the hobbits just like the the little gopher assistant like you know <laughs>
2: yes, yes exactly
0: it's I, i'm not saying this is like a a perfect uh you know equitable society here but but just the fact that they live side by side seems to be interesting um
1: yeah, yeah you don't usually hear that kind of uh, up until now we haven't really heard that kind of uh description of any towns in middle earth we've heard of hobbit town which is just hobbits in the shire then we have the the, the different like dwarf settlements throughout the land and uh, lake town was just the men yes uh and then the goblins live underneath the the mountains and uh uh the elves had their own little like houses and like castles in the forests and the valleys right so this is the first time we're hearing like oh yeah people just live together and they're not just passing each other on the road
0: yeah, it's true. It does feel like there's kind of that and that bit, like f- fantasy idea of where, you know, yeah, all the races kind of live separate from one another. Yeah, and that this
1: is, feels a bit more like modern D&D where it's just like, yeah, they, there's like 16 different races that live in this one town and like five mm-hmm. of them run the same shop or something yeah. like that.
0: <laughs> yeah. It is it is a bit more in that in that regard. Inclusive. Um and I I did I did feel like um this was like a very D&D chapter or like rather I felt like oh, like this must partly be where like the tavern trope this comes This is the from. same thing that happens
2: on, on our first day of D&D, where, you know, when Josh was the DM.
0: It's yes. the same thing that happens on everyone's first day. That's trope. my yeah. only
2: experience with, with it. Yeah.
0: So, <laughs> so uh, this chapter did also feel kind of fun to read just in the sense that it was like Oh, this could very well be like, you know, the reason for the establishment of of this idea in like modern day fantasy. You know, you yep. meet your party members at the inn. Um, you know, a yep. uh, good old. Man. It feels like, yeah, it always it always comes from like the caveat of like, you know, I don't know if Tolkien single handedly did this,
1: or if he or just if like he's pulling it. from
0: something, right? Yeah, and then he he. uh spreads that idea and and brings it into like the the modern the the modern like idea or consciousness but it's really neither here nor there this feels like an important chapter for that trope and and for that i i felt like it was also fun to read through um but yeah so the hobbits are kind of walking through the town they're they're kind of enamored and a little frightened by the the big people's houses but yeah they get to the end three stories i know my word (laughs) um and they're they're welcomed warmly we already mentioned there's knob as well who you know kind of puts them at ease a bit more too it's like yeah right here's the hobbits here's the people they're all good um and butterbur the the owner of the prancing pony um is very hospitable gives him a, a hobbit room um gives um, them I think they wash up
2: that was a very funny thing to me when they came in he was like yeah I mean the inn's all full but like we got the hopper rooms left I, was like,
1: <laughs> I guess that yeah.
2: good for you guys right
0: <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was very funny yeah right Yeah, I think he's like you know thank god I can't rent that out to anyone else yeah like, exactly
1: <laughs> no one else is usually getting water, that's no.
0: just taking up space it's
1: <laughs> so on the first floor like you guys
0: prefer yep circular windows you're all set <laughs> um, so, yeah, they, they rest up, and then he, uh, Butterbur's like, hey, you know, if you want to come to the common room after, we'd love to, you know, just mingle. We, we don't get many visitors from the Shire. So, later on, they all hang out together, except for Mary, who decides to stay behind. Um, so, it's Frodo, Sam, and Pippin who, who uh, you know, rub elbows with the Brie folk. I keep forgetting Sam is present. Yeah, Sam does have a little bit to say here, but he has been quieter these past few chapters. I
2: was thinking Absolutely. up until, you know, I I think he does talk a little bit, or, I mean, at least he thinks a little bit about um, the architecture and stuff like that. But um, He does, uh, yeah. But I was like, isn't he, like, supposed to be, like, the second main character in, like and he, he's, he's, mm-hmm. he's barely fucking said anything this entire book like so yeah. i'm just like what do they build this character into in the movie is he like really that different or does he just play i, I don't know it,
1: it, maybe he really is just a the uh, uh loyal puppy dog who just keeps things going I don't yeah
0: know. yeah it's it's a great question and i think it'll be um be interesting to see how we feel you know after reading through the book and watching the movie yeah um yep yeah how 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 much is like changed or you know or not because i I think you're right you know as of right now connor it doesn't feel like movie sam which um it's weird you know sometimes like watching through the movies it feels like what's presented to you like it as someone who hasn't read the books like it the movies are so well done, like, you believe it's a one-to-one translation. Mm-hmm. Like, in a lot of ways, like, I just... I was like, I know this story in and out, like, the back of my hand. Yeah. And then reading through the books, it's like, you know, no, you don't. You mm-hmm. know, there's so many mm-hmm. little twists and turns and changes. Um, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, Sam's character is part of that, too. Hmm. So far. So far, yep. Um, and then, yeah, so they, you know, essentially... At first, you know things are okay. They're hanging out in the the common area. They're talking. Um, Frodo is like, "What's the deal with this one shady guy over there?" And Butterbur's like, "Oh, that's one of the Rangers." This is
1: such d and D moment. It's just yep, so yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. No,
0: this
1: this is, is like a the stranger one. in the yeah. corner. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ranger's even a class. They, my my longest D and D character is is a Ranger. Yeah, <laughs> I, I literally was just like picking up the the little character model I have of her, like a
0: moment ago. Tolkien
2: we was a nerd.
0: He sure <laughs> he was. Loved D anD D. He's the original nerd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. And so we kind of learn, like th- this. He's not the only ranger. Like it sounds like there are people, generally, of the race of men who kind of just explore the world, go on quests, run weird errands and tasks. And they just kind of, they, they you know, they're not beholden to any one place. They travel um, and all that. And so, like, this particular ranger has kind of, like, made himself known around these parts, come, you know, stopped over here and there. So they're familiar with him, and he's like, I don't know his real name, but he goes by Strider. <laughs> so it's Strider. Um, and so uh, Frodo ends up having to like entertain and dance. He puts the ring on by accident. Everyone freaks the fuck out. Frodo's like, what the fuck do I do? He goes over to Strider, and he's like, hey, um... I don't know, help or like, you know, like what's going on? (laughs) And Strider's just like, sure, I'll help you, Frodo Baggins. Yeah, that's right, motherfucker. I know. And we're going to have a talk later. And Frodo's like, okay, great. Thanks. Um, And then someone else asks to talk with Frodo one-on-one. Who was uh, that?
1: I think it was
2: the... The innkeeper. yeah. Or the, the the owner of the house. Whatever. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, right. Werderberg.
0: And the Butterbur, right, because at the beginning of the chapter, he's like, oh, I knew there was something I had to tell you, and he keeps forgetting. And then at the end of the chapter, he's like, oh, that's right. I remember now. But I, I bet it's Gandalf. Just like, Gandalf like, was a, a week early or something. Hmm. He's like, oh, you see those hobbits? Just
1: tell them to go this way. and
0: That's a good get. I really up. do not know what this guy's going to say. We do not find yeah. out in this chapter, but that's a or good get.
1: Or it's the bl- the Black Riders asking them, that's, or it's both. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, actually, I think that's what my last note is. It's like my, my ideas of what this conversation is going to be. What what was it? Uh. Oh, my 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 guess when I finished reading on Sunday was I bet Strider has was hired by Gandalf, and Butterbur was bribed
0: by the Black Riders. Mm. Oh, that's my current theory. I feel like I should. Kn- I mean, I keep talking about like, oh, I've seen the movies and I think I know what happens, but I really don't fucking know. That's a really good guess, Josh. I like that. Thank you. That'd be cool. Uh, be like a cool uh, conflict. I get right. It's like the two yeah. the two parties with their own agendas. That'd be interesting.
2: I can't see it happening though.
0: I don't know. I kind of can, but uh, we'll we'll find out. The yeah. Next next time. Right, again, we we don't know um, That's pretty much where our chapter leaves off You know, the, the whole like party in the common room comes to an end When Frodo puts the ring on by accident Because everyone sees him disappear And they freak out Everyone there yeah. in Bree is like very skeptical and on edge And they don't like all these weird strangers coming in And they don't want anyone doing any weird fucking magic and
1: here's the stranger who comes in and does this weird fucking magic.
0: Yes, exactly. And so they're <laughs> like, "Okay, see you later." Everybody leaves. Yeah. Um, the they're like is okay, ruined. Great. <laughs> yeah. Frodo's like, "Okay, I guess we'll go to sleep and and leave tomorrow." Thank you. Um, and that, that's kind of where we where we wrap up. Yeah. Um, I
1: go just keeping on that note for just a second. Yes. There's a passage towards the beginning of the chapter where it's saying like they all got along with one another, the people of Bree. Uh, Bree folk were uh, sorry. Uh, the trouble, there was trouble away in the south, and it seemed that the men who had come up the greenway were on the move looking for land where they could find some peace. The Bree folk were sympathetic, but plainly not very ready to take in a large number of strangers into their little land. Uh, and the only thought I had on that, aside from this sounds very familiar, was uh, those darn immigrants are coming. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. They. Uh, that. That. Was oddly fitting for our current political climate in America for a early twentieth century
0: British book. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see that, but um, you know,
2: it's like, oh shit, he just predicted uh, climate refugees. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I, with so many countries being next to each other in Europe, and you know, this being written at a time of like war. Oh yeah, they're also dealing with a lot of that themselves. But it, I think it does show um, that's that's a, a very cyclical thing to deal with. Is yeah. uh, d de- what decentralized people? Mm, yeah, displaced. Displaced. Thank you, displaced <laughs> people. And um, I think you're talking and essentially other people just NFT, like not wanting Connor. to deal with them.
2: I think you're talking about NFTs.
0: <laughs> Hands <laughs> off my apes! You know yeah, exactly. Whatever that means. Um, really glad that we're. It feels like we're in a post NFT era. Like I think we lived oh, yeah, through that, it, and it's like. I, th- I think they really got crashed. bullied off the. Uh, they really got bullied off the internet.
2: But and now they they're all it. AI guys, so it's.
0: It's true. Yep. It's true. It, they just swapped one mask for another. Yep. Yep.
1: Except Elon, he's still harping on Dogecoin.
0: Well, you know. Yeah. He's older. He's set in his ways. <laughs> um
2: don't talk uh, about so, the, the owner of my website that way my
1: favorite it's website
2: a free,
0: is that, it's right? a free country my, my website my what website. are you talking about I felt like I was going to um there is a section when
1: he is starting to when Frodo is starting to inter, like talk to the crowd um he had to get their attention because Mary was... Not Mary. Uh, Pippin was about to tell the story of how Bilbo disappeared at his birthday party. Um, so Frodo takes the spotlight and uh, to, to fingers the thing in his pocket. He felt the ring on its chain, and quite unaccountably the desire came over him to slip it on and vanish out of this silly situation. It seemed to him, however, that as if the suggestion came from him from outside, from someone or something in the room. He resisted the temptation firmly and clasped the ring in his hand. Um, so I have a note here on, like, just speculating on where that could have come from. I think it might be from the ring itself, but since he specified the room and not just, like, an outside entity, hmm. I was thinking, like, maybe it's a black rider who's nearby, or maybe the dark figure who scrambled over the gate at the beginning of the chapter that we haven't actually mentioned yet. Uh, oh, who I also true, assume yeah. might be a black rider. Yes. Or... It's Strider for some reason,
0: because
1: I mean, I don't know if this is when he before or after he says that Frodo's real name is Baggins, but uh, it's before it is before you're right. Um, but yeah, it's like, could it be from Strider? Could it be the the shady figure over the fence? Could it be Black Rider? Could the bla- that shady figure be either the Black Rider or Strider? I don't know right now, but I'm just speculating.
0: Yeah. Yeah, true. Um, that was my only real note of this chapter, too, was that passage you read about the temptation of the ring, mm-hmm. and um, I, m- my thought was the same as yours, Josh, just in that, like, I I feel like it's the influence of the ring itself. That, yeah. That's what I thought, yeah.
1: I, I say 90% it's the ring, 10% all the other bull crap. I just went on a five-minute thing about.
0: So, right. Two minutes. But I... I, I do like that um, you know in a way, I feel like the way the the ring is described and like the desire to wear it, um it's it's not as like openly sinister as I think the the common idea of it is, you know, like. It's not like uh, Frodo is, like, possessed by some spirit and he's putting it on, you know, uh, against his own will. Like, he's overpowered by it. It's almost like this this kind of, like, benign suggestion. Yeah. You know, like a little shoulder, shoulder devil. And they're just like, yeah, man, put it on. What's the worst that can happen, you know? And Take then, the yeah. And then when he does put it on, you know, you're, it, it kind of happens in this in-between state of, like, was it an accident because he falls, yep. or or was that accident either caused or um, used as an opportunity by the ring to like insert itself? You yeah, know. Yeah. Yep.
2: I mean, it. You know, Gandalf has you know implied that it like moves in like sometimes in certain ways. I mean, it, it's oh, it's loses the Titans. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that's. That is a good question to ask.
0: Yeah. So um so that, that that's a cool passage Josh just cuz it's like I like I like Frodo kind of describing that feeling of um it's not just that he wants the ring, it feels like something else wants him to wear the ring too. And like he's aware of that, like he can sense that. Yep. So um that's cool that that was here.
1: Yeah. So I got a couple notes on the what comes up on the next page. Mm-hmm. Um, first off, there's a passage with a little uh, asterisk on it, on my copy. Uh, for Sunday asterisk, there's a special pair, and these they polish up with care on Saturday afternoons. The asterisk says, see note 2, number 3, page 1378. I'm just wondering, where the hell is this note? Is that, like, somewhere in Return of the King?
0: Okay, thank you, Because this Josh. is on page
1: 200 for me.
0: <laughs> I... This was my other note, so we've now talked about all my notes. I love you. Um, I thought the same thing. I I flipped back. I'm like, oh, is it like chapter three? No. Does it have to do with part three of the prologue? No. It really sounds like the third book of the Lord of the Rings. Yeah. But but what is the point of a footnote from the first? You're going to open up the third book?
1: Right. You're going to go in the ahead and
0: books? It, it doesn't look ma- the
1: other room. Why would I get up and go look for this?
0: Right. And, and even if it was right next to you, it's like, are you really going to, like, quote, unquote, skip ahead right. two whole books to, like, look at this footnote? Of course you're not. For, for the what phrase, is the purpose of this? For the
1: phrase, for Sunday. Yeah. So it's I, I imagine it has something to do with the fact that he's using our days of the week. For Middle Earth, it's going to be something about like oh, and then they we translated this to the current date system so that there was less confusion. Um, but it's also just like why not just write that here? It's just like translated.
0: It's, I think it's, you're exactly right, and yeah. it also kind. I'm not. It does kind of bother me. It bothers me a little bit because <laughs> it I,
1: feels like why would you do it? This I way? got. I got to leave this note in the book now because I want to come back to it when we're done with where we come across it in return of the king apparently yeah
0: yeah yeah. i hope you do because i won't remember so i'll I'll be oh yeah no i'm I'm
1: gonna have to oh man i'm gonna have to figure out a way to notify myself of that um but yeah Yeah, this whole passage i saw that
2: i i i saw that on on the bottom of the page and i was like oh, that's weird, and just kept on re- you know, reading. And...
0: Yeah. I, yeah I these th- two losers are going to yeah, fucking say I something about that. it.
1: I could have done that, but it was just, I was in like, wait, what the hell does this mean, mode? Yeah. Um. So I got two more notes about this entire passage, as a matter of fact. it For me, it is two full pages of a song. And I believe this might be the longest song we've seen yet in any of the Lord of the Rings books, including The Hobbit.
2: And it was a damn good one.
0: Maybe. Well, here's
1: my here's my sec the second part of this note is is this
0: is this just the cow jumped over the moon but the, from Middle the, Earth?
1: Yes, is this just the the hey diddle diddle the cat and the fiddle but in Middle Earth?
0: It kind like, of the is. Cow, yeah. The cow
1: jumps over the moon. The dish runs around with the fucking spoon. The dog had a laugh. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's it's a diddle diddle
0: yeah what What i thought was funny about that is um when they were like come on frodo sing us a song frodo was like oh man oh frodo's like oh this is the song that came to his head perhaps because he was in an inn and he knew all the words of it because bilbo sang all of it because he was so proud of it because bilbo (laughs) wrote wrote the lyrics and and then i had the same thought josh where i'm like wait a minute So Tolkien's Tolkien's writing that Bilbo wrote this song, but Tolkien himself is just repurposing a song from the real world and then saying that (laughs) a character he made wrote it, and it's like, (laughs) what are, like, the fucking degrees of separation there? Like, that's... (laughs) Are you kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me?
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's a Mother Goose thing, I think. Right?
0: I, I mean, unless, because we, we do know, we do know English that, rhyme. that the Lord of the Rings itself is part of, like, the red book of whatever the fuck. Yeah. And there could be some really strange roundabout explanation where, where Tolkien's like, oh, yeah, well, the nursery rhyme, the the mother goose rhyme you're thinking of actually comes from... From this ancient <laughs> song from Middle Earth that Bilbo actually made. And it's like, okay. Yep. Yeah. Oh. Oh, so I just looked it up on Wikipedia.
1: Um, the numerous theories seeking to explain the rhymes have been largely discredited. Uh, there's a whole paragraph about this, um, about trying to explain the lyrics of uh, Hey Did a Little and the profusion of unsupported explanations was satirized by JRR Tolkien in his fictional explanations of the man in the moon stayed up too late so although there is some support for the trap ball theories color commentators mostly conclude the verses simply meant to be nonsense okay so yeah this is this is tolkien satirizing uh
0: the the man in the moon or sorry the, the nursery rhyme Hmm seems like, you know, I guess in 1951, well before the internet, like, you know, that's just how you, how you took your shot at, you know, it's like, yeah. Tolkien couldn't just send a tweet where it was like, yeah, Rise of Skywalker fucking sucks, LOL. You know, he, he had to be like, he had to be like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna dedicate two pages of my fucking modern day epic to satirizing <laughs> the man, the, the, the fucking, uh, Mother Goose hey, dude, nursery rhyme. It's that funny... We,
1: it's no, funny that um like satirizing the origins of the mother goose the, the origin theories of uh the mother goose nursery rhyme.
0: Yeah.
2: It's funny that, you know, this rhyme was like so recently in the the public zeitgeist like like that people were still criticizing it, you know, cuz like <laughs> it, it's Where like not a, it's like it's like not a good it's like you know not a thing that people would do now, you know. That one. I'm saying the. Poem oh, you mean you
0: mean at the time when oh, he wrote it? Yeah. Yes. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. It yeah. wasn't
2: like a like a staple, you know. It wasn't just like something that was beyond reproach.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what you mean, right? Um, <laughs> yeah, that's even even maybe weirder to think about. Um, yeah, some things you you just absorb through osmosis, and yeah. it's like, yeah, was that not true?
1: Exactly. during that time yeah. was
0: there a transitionary period that I tolkien know. was living through where he was like i'm gonna fucking take a shot at this one yeah
2: like <laughs> this can't be a staple in our culture I don't know. yeah you just uh yeah it's funny
0: yeah hmm. some some strange shit uh did you have another note on that josh i forget how many nope i was i was just checking those are all of my notes okay we got through them all um Connor, I, I know we got some of your thoughts before, but is there anything like in general you you know maybe just wanted to give some some feedback on on like how you were feeling reading this chapter and all um,
2: that? Yeah, I mean, I, I I I did like this chapter better than the the previous chapter. Um, I I loved you know the in place uh, vibes. Uh, I loved um, you know just kind of funny. Um, seeing a character you know like scramble around like working at an inn, you know, it's just kind of I don't know, cathartic to me or something. Um,
0: yeah, you've you've been there, right? Yeah,
2: of course. Um, and you know, I like the kind of intrigue and the different cultures meeting and the, you know, my jaw dropped when um, Frodo accidentally slipped on the ring like so you, that that was a big surprise for me you know because i you know i felt like it was very effective because like just a few pages back you know he was like oh i'm kind of tempted to put the ring on but i'm not going to i'm going to stand my ground and then right. he, he just falls and it, it just slips on so yeah it was pretty effective um and then yeah i think it leaves us on a on a great cliffhanger um with uh you know whatever this old fuck wants, you know. <laughs>
0: yeah, what what are these conversations going to be, yeah, right?
1: Yeah. We're
0: going to find out. It, it's funny. Frodo's like he's like, "Oh man, I just want to go to sleep, but now two people want to have separate private yeah. conversations with me and uh-huh. you know the <laughs> amount
1: this mirrors the D&D shows that I watch. Yeah. It's like we they're called mansion games in the games that I watch. Uh, sorry, in the the series that I watch, because uh, in one of the series that has since ended, they use this spell called "fuck uh, is it" Ma- uh magical mansion or something like it. Basically, creates like an impervious little like pocket universe where you have this big mansion you can hang out in. Uh, and so, whenever they would go in there, everyone would just talk to each other and it would just be the like everyone is catching up with each other like talking and character and uh the dm would have to do nothing because they would just be in the mansion they could touch them they would just be able to say all their shit and go on for like 2 hours and then they could finally take their long rest mm. uh and continue on the day and e- even it, that game ended like 2 year 2 or 3 years ago now and it's like they just got the mansion back in a different campaign it's like all right now we can have more mansion games yay <laughs> Or whenever there's any kind of like long like character drama kind of episode, it's like, oh, this is a mansion game, awesome. <laughs> and this is what the, this is what I'm trying to say is uh, happening with uh, Frodo right now. He's he's getting stuck into a mansion game before he can go to sleep.
0: Yeah, yeah, it is like that, right? Yep. Yeah, and it, it is right. It's like, what is it going to be? What's the deal with Strider?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Even that you is, know knowing. Game. Which we're pretty sure it isn't, but
1: <laughs> yeah, i not kidding.
0: Um, yeah, like how how does he know Frodo's name? Mm. He he also doesn't seem surprised when Frodo disappears.
1: That's why I think he was uh, hired by Gandalf.
0: Yeah, and then um and then yeah, right? What's Butterbur going to be telling Frodo? Wait, we are left with first. some interesting cliffhangers here, leading into this next part. Um you know each each section of two chapters it kind of feels like oh yeah you know we're getting further and further and and of course we are like distance wise like we really are you know um from the shire and and further into like the the heart of the danger and into the story but i want to
1: reiterate we're a day's travel away from the shire currently
0: yes um But I really
1: am we're, we're nine chapters in to the first book and we're only a day out of the Shire.
0: It is true. It is true. There's been a lot that's happened between now and then. Oh yeah. Um, no, it's
1: it's been a very eventful day's worth of travel over the last week. But uh yeah.
0: Yeah, I am I am excited to see what these conversations are gonna be and, and how that kind of like Affects where the story goes from here. Cause I I think we're on the cusp of something, um, you know, potentially very interesting. So, um, uh, I'm excited to continue on as ever. And, uh, and I like, you know, I didn't really touch on this, but Josh had mentioned the mysterious black figure that jumped the gate unbeknownst to anyone else in the story. And, um, I don't know what the deal with that is either. It's like, yeah, is that a Black Rider? I don't know. I really Strider. don't. Rider,
1: we don't. We really don't know.
2: Yeah, he could have yeah. the ability to become a shadow,
1: or to just like hop a fence. Yeah,
0: it just feels like it would be weird if it was Strider because that means he would have jumped the fence like just moments after well, the hobbits, but then beat he, them to he, the, he the end.
2: But but the innkeeper knows him. He's been coming for for years, right? Yeah. He, he's like, oh, he comes off and on for years. So like, this would be. So it's not like, you know. I mean,
1: it could it could just be a way to like not alert them that he was following them because uh, he otherwise the guard would have to open the gate for him or something like that. So
0: yeah. Maybe it was probably a I, black rider. I yeah, I am more on the oh yeah, I think it's a black rider. Um, I like that. That's like a. Kind of a constant looming threat like no matter how many weird little offshoot things that they have to overcome or or get oh there's a tree oh no oh it's a barrow white oh no it's like no matter what like minor inconvenience they're facing in the moment it's like the black riders are a constant threat you know you get on the road and they are there buddy they are yeah. looking for you um i find them to be like really intimidating um, so I like that we're at a part in the story where it seems like they're kind of coming back into the fold yeah
2: um, I like that we kind of were absent of them for the last few chapters it kind of you know kind of pushed the uh, brakes on kind of like a the main suspense filling part of the plot but like in a way that that like builds up suspense because like you kind of feel too safe yeah, like true. you haven't yep. seen you, they have not been seen in a while. I'm feeling a little bit too safe.
0: Hmm. Indeed. Okay. Um, anything else we want to add in our discussion of these two chapters, or what we think might happen next? Nothing. I feel like we covered it pretty well.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I. I, I, okay. uh, I think this is one of the most fun cliffhangers so far in the book. Mm.
0: Well, we will see how, uh, Tolkien follows up on those next time. (laughs) Take us away, buddy.
2: So if you do want to become a patron at Patreon, go to patreon.com slash chapter jumps and, uh, receive a lot of benefits. um, if you want to follow us on Twitter or Instagram, we are at Chapter Chumps. Um, you can email us at chapterchumps at gmail dot, sorry chapterchumpspod at gmail um, And if you don't mind, give us a rate or review on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else. Um, but you know, until then,
0: I don't know. What about until then, Josh? <laughs> oh! oh. <laughs> Greats!